Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. Today's special. Today we, uh, we like to do a couple times throughout the course of the year and just uh, ask the Lord what, what are you doing in our community? What kind of stories are bubbling up in the life of Vineyard Cleveland? Each one of you has a God story that God is working in your journey. He's, uh, he's filling you with his presence. And each one of you has a story to tell, a testimony to give. And throughout the course of the last month, as I've been listening to folks' stories and and, um, and just praising God for His goodness in people's lives, uh, I, I sense that this morning is going to be a huge encouragement for everybody. And what you want to be on the lookout for when you're listening today is the activity of Jesus and where it lights your heart up. As we read in Scripture, we overcome. It's more than just like little God stories, but we overcome. There's something in the stories that you will hear today that will fill you, fill you with Jesus' presence to make it through to the other side of whatever you're dealing with. And so I want to introduce my friend um, who's going to be sharing first. Would you guys welcome Joe Langston to the stage? Come on, Papa Joe. My dear friend, Papa Joe. Tell us all about it, man. You know, I know I'm supposed to share it. Like, am I supposed to go up and share it with the whole body? Or, like, who am I supposed to share it for? And I, I didn't know, and I didn't, you know, didn't get that information throughout the service. I was just like, okay, I guess I'll just hold on to it, you know. And then, you know, after service, um, Eben just said, you know, if, if somebody around you needs prayer, pray for them. And so uh, there was somebody who I hadn't met before, so I introduced myself to this person. And, you know, um, and they asked me to pray for them. And so I started praying for them. And God said, this is the person that that message is for. And so I prayed for that person, and I shared that message. And that message hit deep, and it hit hard. And it was just the word that they needed to hear in that moment. And again, I was humbled that God gave me that word for that person. So I just want to encourage you to to practice listening to the Holy Spirit and take those steps of faith to share whatever the Holy Spirit has laid on your heart. The Holy Spirit this morning is very thick in this room. I don't know if you guys have noticed it, but he's very thick in the room this morning. And I think he's going to do some awesome things, but that's all that I have to share with you this morning. Thank you, Joe. So good. Yeah, and I, I wanted to say as well, I was remembering as I was sitting down there, Joe and a few others are leaders in, uh, in Vineyard Youth and have been faithfully serving there as leaders for quite, quite some time, quite a few years. And this weekend, we have a really great opportunity for the youth of Vineyard Cleveland. There are going to be a couple of leaders, Joe included, and a lot of youth this year who are going to be traveling uh, take, taking the perilous journey down to Delaware County and Heartland Retreat Center and attending a thing called Vineyard United, which is the youth conference regionally for the Vineyard Movement. And so we want to create a space here this morning um, in ministry time, whether, where do you want to do it, Joe, over there, over, over here, where we can pray for the youth. If you are a youth and you are going to Vineyard United, after the service, will you be over here? And we want, Sarah and I want to bless you. We want to pray that you would receive all that God has for you, that the Holy Spirit would meet you. And leaders as well, if you're going to uh, Vineyard United, that God would meet you there in a powerful way as well. And so we just want to create a space for that after uh, the testimonies are, are over. So if you're a youth, don't forget, meet over there. If you're a youth, whether you're going to Vineyard United or not, let's just say that we want to bless you and see God move in your life. Okay, would you guys welcome dear friend of mine, Karen Miller, to the stage, please. Okay, there we go. <laughs> 
Well, I just want to share um, just what the Lord has been doing in my life with just my relationship with him. Um, I was really um, blessed to have a Christian mom that raised me in church and um, got to be part of a Baptist school and all the things. And um, in my life, it was an early um like a confession of wanting Jesus to be part of my life. But around in my 20s and 30s, I was just noticing just this, um, a, a longing that was beyond what I had understood or, or knew or was experiencing with God. It became like this soul desperation. It felt like I was just almost like to the point where, it felt like I had more darkness inside of me than Jesus. And it got to a place where I'm like, you know, during this Christian walk, like I accepted Jesus in my life and all these things. And it just got to a place where it was really painful and there was no peace. And I remember asking Jesus, like, will you just show me who you are? Like, just show me who you really are. And, um, Towards the later part of my 30s, I got to this place of desperation where it felt like my faith wasn't really working at all. And I, I got to this like question of like, I have, I've done all the things. I've been in ministry. I go to church faithfully. Like I read my Bible. I pray. And it just feels like I'm dead inside. And what am I supposed to do with this? Like I could either say, I'm walking away from the faith, maybe try Buddhism or something else that would give me some kind of peace, or just surrender, and it was like I was on this cliff with like a waterfall, and I was just clinging onto it, it was so painful, and it was tiring and exhausting, and then what I decided to do was just to let go and say, I'm okay, I guess I'm just going to go with the motions. I have no idea what this means or how this is going to work in my life, but I give up the trying and the striving, and I just free fall. And um, it still was like this uh, time through just so many things that once I surrendered, God just began to like pour his love in me and invite me beyond this um, transactional relationship that I had with Jesus of like, okay, I need you in my life so that I get to be with you one day in glory. And it became this invitation of, I want to be with you in the everyday part of your life. I want to be integrated in all the things that you do. And so even this month, this is just like a, a this has been a journey of like three, five years going on for me. So I feel very much like a new Christian. Like every day is a new Christian. Every new, every day is a new conversion for me. But even like this month in January, I felt the Lord just saying like, hey, just play, play again. And, and this is so silly, like these little thoughts and voices of um, these ideas that come in so simple, right? Like, what does that mean as a over the 40 person with kids and all the things to play again? And um, I start to play old school Nintendo again. And it was really great. And then my son built this huge tent that took up our basement and I'm getting in his tent, and I'm reading books with him. And the questions that have come from that are, well, Lord, I don't have time to play. There's so much more important things to do. And then he's like, oh, what's the important things, Karen? So it's all of those things, like my life is being daily integrated with Jesus in the unity that he is in me and that I am in him, that when I'm doing dishes, folding clothes. They're all sacred and blessed things. And I just really thank him that I get to stand here with you guys, that I didn't walk away from my faith, but he is more present in me than ever. And he was always with me all those, those years when it felt even dark. It was just a greater invitation into him. So thank you. Thank you. So good. And, you know, Sarah and I have, have watched as, as Karen has journeyed this thing out with Jesus. And it's really cool. We're, we're a part of a small group. We lead a small group together out there in Medina. So if you're looking for a place to connect in, uh, the Millers and Brusco's would love to see you. But that's just like a testimony as well to 
uh, that Jesus doesn't work in your life in a vacuum. You know, other people see you live your life before Jesus, and one of the greatest contexts that we have for that is a small group of people just opening the Word of God together and saying, God, let your kingdom come and worshiping together, raising our voices together, whether we're going through a death in the family or um, a graduation or a newborn baby, that we get to raise our voices together in praise of Jesus, making um, all things um, sweet in, in their timing. So, And speaking of opening the Word, our, our next uh, story comes from a dear friend of mine. He's probably one of the smartest guys in the room, no matter what, which room you were to walk in. But here's the cool thing about my friend Walt, is that though he possibly is the smartest guy in any given room that he's in, he's such a kind and compassionate heart, and he doesn't lord it over you that he's smarter than you are. In fact, in fact, he's even, um, he's even complimented me sometimes and saying, hey, that's a good thought or whatever, and I, I take that as a, I'm like, okay, all right, I'm doing all right. If Walt thinks that I'm pretty smart, hey. But uh, more than being just a smart guy, he just loves Jesus so much and probably knows more, uh, so, so much about the Bible than any person that I've, that I've ever come into contact. So would you guys give a warm welcome to Walt Blanchard. There you go, buddy. I had this uh, ongoing conversation with a salesman at work about the gospel, about Jesus, and um, he's resistant, and that's okay. Um, we were talking in November about, um, we just had a 30-minute conversation about the gospel, and, and one of the things he said was, he says, I just, you know, somebody who's lived their whole life being a sinner, he didn't use those words, but, um, and then all of a sudden he can just get to heaven? Yeah, I just don't see God doing that. Uh, there's a friend of ours in, um, and, I, and I actually, it's kind of funny, I said, it's unusual, you know, somebody who has 70, 80 years has been a, has hard-hearted and has had no interest in God, very few, you know, I sort of agreed with them. So, uh, in there's this friend of ours, uh, her brother had moved up, they're, they're not part of this church, but uh, their friend had moved, her, her brother had moved up from Florida to stay with her because he was failing health a lot. He was a, I met him a couple times, a cranky old Marine, just, he was 80 years old, he'd been in Vietnam, he was a foul man, um, not very nice, not interested in anything, but just his own pain and his own frustrations and suffering and... Um, he had gone through some pretty serious medical issues and was sort of getting towards the end of life. Uh, they had moved a hospital bed into his, into his room in her house, and um, he had had a, a bleed on his brain and was starting to really go downhill. Uh, December 23rd, I, I worked two Saturdays a month, and it was Saturday, December 23rd before Christmas, and uh, she texted me, a friend of ours did, and said, um, maybe can you come and talk with Larry? He's been pointing to the ceiling, and he's worried about his sin. And I said, so I texted back, said, I'll let you know, because I'm working, and, you know. Um, so I got home and did a few things I needed to do, and I texted I can be over about 7. So I went over about 7 o'clock, uh, so Christmas Eve Eve, I guess, right, 23rd. And um, I went in and sat down, and I just started sharing with him sharing the gospel with him, kind of going over the basics, you know, talking about Jesus' love for him. And he could say like five to ten words, and then he'd have to stop. He just, he's not doing well. And uh, I said, would you like to pray to receive Christ? And he says, yes. And so we prayed to receive Christ, and, um, and then he just, he's laying there in bed. And so I just, I read some psalms to him. I prayed for him for about 20 minutes, and I said, how you doing? How are you feeling? He says, I feel great. And I thought, that's so cool. I mean, you just, you know. So I went home, and Mary and I, a friend of ours, we talked for a little bit and prayed together and then went home. And he passed into the Lord's arms of the Lord on Christmas Day at 445. 40, what, 45 hours later. 
And the guy who said, yeah, people rarely come, <laughs> you know, at this age of life, all of a sudden watches God just suddenly flip a switch in a man's heart who had had zero interest until a moment in time. And I thought, you know, for the salesman at work who right now is just is like resistant and not interested, there's going to come a moment in time when Jesus is going to go beep and everything's going to come alive. You know, so that's just awesome. So I'd encourage you for those of us who, you know, you kind of wonder sometimes because um, it's really God's work. It's God's work. All we do is kind of handmade it in, but it's really God's work. So. Thank you, Walt. So good. You know, and, and it's wonderful, like, all, all Walt did was say yes and partner with what God was already doing. And what a testimony to the faithful, the utter faithfulness of God, though it doesn't happen like that all the time. That man in his 80s, in his 80s, and God would not let him go. You know, while he was taking his last breaths here on this earth, God was still pursuing that guy's heart who had rejected him his whole entire life. That's crazy faithful. That's crazy faithfulness on the part of God. So good. Um, thank you, Walt, for sharing that. Uh, would you guys welcome a dear friend of mine? It's the better half of the Langston duo, I might say. Joe, would you agree with that? Okay. Would you guys welcome Janice Langston to the stage? <laughs> thank you, Janice. Um, well, yeah, I just wanted to take this moment to share about how God's been working in me lately. And with that, I just need to share some background. So um, besides our son, Josiah, if you don't know, oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, we have two adult boys that we adopted um, when we were pretty young, and they were kind of older, 10 and 12. And... Um, I have lots of stories about how God made that happen, and it's wonderful. It's not this story, so if you want to know, ask me later. But um, there was a time when, when we adopted our boys that, I mean, it was a very rough transition, and there was a time that I went through that I felt like we were abandoned by God. And I remember, like, I have this flashback of um, being a time when I was... I locked myself in our bedroom up against the door so nobody could get in and just crying out to God saying, I know that you called us to adopt these boys um, and you just left us. Like there were things we were going through that we just, like nobody else seemed to understand or <laughs> say that they were going through as well at that time. Anyway, so that's, that's back then. So moving on to a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago, um, our, one of our sons asked us about moving back in with us, and um, I don't know about you, but my initial reaction when I hear something um, that's going to stretch me is, no. <laughs> and, um, but I knew that I needed to ask God for um, what he wanted in this situation, and um, so one Sunday morning, I came and asked, um, the, during prayer ministry time, I asked um, some ladies to pray with me, and um, I know I think I asked them to pray that God would heal my heart and soften it, and just give me wisdom in the situation to know what to do, and I think they prayed about that, but they prayed for so much more. Um, some of the things that I remember I'm saying, praying for is that these there's these brick pieces of wall that I have built up to protect my heart, and I needed to give those to God and rely on him for the details. Um, also, they prayed that I would be able to look back at these traumatic events that happened in my life and be able to see God. And in that moment of them praying for me, I, I went back to that flashback of me in the room by myself, crying out to God, feeling like he left me abandoned. And um, 
I could see him. I could really see him right beside me on the floor with his arm around me. And that was just such a time of healing for me um, that now, like, when I have that vision, I see God with me in it. Um, then um, that evening, and I was getting ready for bed, I was reading through a devotional that I've been going through called the Life Recovery Prayer Devotional. And what I read in there just just confirmed what I had heard in prayer. Um, so I just want to read some of what I that was on. But um, it was titled, God is Willing, and it shared Hebrews 13, verse 6, which says, We can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? And um, in the devotional, it also said that um, if there's a lesson for us in failure, it's that God so designed us to find happiness by relying on him in every aspect of life. And that word rely just, I mean, it just like stuck out to me. And I feel like God gave me that word as a word to um, hold on to this coming year for whatever's going to happen. But even in this situation, um, you know, with our son. And then in the prayer of that devotional, it said, every brick that comes down from the wall of separation has your fingerprints on it. So yes, I am confident, but confident because you have my back. And um, that was just confirmation, like the brick. <laughs> Again, it's like, okay, God, I get it. <laughs> I got to give it to you. And, um, and just rely on you for the details of what's going to happen. And um, so... You know, our, our son is, is planning on coming here um, shortly, but and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know that God is has begun to soften my heart and um, start a healing. I mean, it's a process, but um, he's working in me and helping me to rely on him more. Um, so thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Janice. So good. Uh, just, just a brief note on the better half comment. Joe and I, I realize that could come out of left field for some of you who don't know that. Joe and I talk about this regularly, how our wives are amazing. And um, I know that has nothing to do, well, it's got a little bit to do with what Janice had just shared. And she's probably going to be like, stop talking about me. Stop talking. But, but Janice and Sarah are amazing women who love Jesus, and they just challenge Joe and I so much. And when Joe and I meet for breakfast, we're always commenting on the fact that, like, we try to do the Bible reading plan for, do you guys know the Bible in one year and those kind of things? And we, and we give it our best go, and we're, we're like, man, I'm two days, be, I'm three days behind. <laughs> Hey, Sarah, how are you doing? Every morning, doesn't miss a beat. Sarah's reading the Bible every morning. Janice, never missing a beat. There she is, you know. And so just, um, it does have everything to do with what Janice just said because she's rooted herself, her soul in the Word of God and just underscoring the importance of meeting with Jesus every morning in His Word. And um, though Joe and I are exemplifying how we don't do that perfectly <laughs> uh, or even close, just the desire to meet with him um, every morning and to hear from his word is, is um, a delight to, to Jesus' heart as well. And so, so good, Janice. Thank you for sharing what you shared. Um, next, you guys are in for a treat. You guys are so in for a treat. Um, this guy... This guy came into my life um, on the tail end of COVID and um, has just been a huge source of encouragement to me in the area of prayer and prayer as a dialogue and, and prayer as communion with the Father. And speaking of Father, he is a new dad. I, said, I told him the other day, welcome to the dad club. Now you have to be... Like, you have, to, you have to tell, you get to tell, like, terrible jokes and, th and have your kids think you've always been 43 and never cool. <laughs> welcome to the club. Like, you're going to fit right in. We accept you. Lifetime membership. You're welcome. Um, and Tim and Sarah, congratulations on baby Aaliyah. We welcome new life. 
We welcome New Life, and we want to welcome Tim McLaren to the stage. Tim McLaren. Buddy. Thanks, Evan. Yeah, we had a, we had a baby January 3rd. Uh, she's a month early, so praise God for that. Uh, yeah, she's been great. I'm not going to talk about that, but uh, if you want to ask later, you're welcome to. Um, so, for what God's been doing in my heart, um, I would say, like, so, I, yeah, the last three years, I would say, for me, has been incredibly difficult. <laughs> well, you could maybe take it back to five, but we'll just say the last three is just, like, I got information that I couldn't unhear, and it was like, oh, gosh, what do I do with that? That wrecks my world. And then we moved, and I thought we were gonna—I was gonna get relief from that, and woohoo! And I—and I did. And then, like, accusations of things, and just being misunderstood, and hope deferred, and all of that. And it's been really hard. Of just like, man, Lord, I'm trying to do the right thing. I know I heard your voice. I know you told me what to do. And this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> uh, I wasn't ready. And, um, yeah, I would say going back to September, so for, I, work, I work at the House of Prayer, and I went to a National House of Prayer Leaders Conference in Dallas back in September. And, yeah, <clears throat> I've been feeling, like, worn out, just bound up by things. And so... While there, I went to a church called Upper Room in Dallas. They're great. You should check them out. They have a prayer room. They live stream. If you're looking for devotional music during your prayer time, look them up. But so I was in their prayer room, and um, on a, like, Monday or Tuesday night, and they were just singing holy, holy, holy for, like, 40 minutes, which, you know, praise God. It was great. It was glorious. And I was just sitting there, and I just felt like something tense up in my neck and then just leave. And whatever it was, I felt clearer on the inside. I felt like I could think better. I don't know if it was anxiety or whatever, but I just felt uh, like a burden lift. And then really since then, it's just been a process of the Lord, like just delivering me. I think one thing that's been really helpful for me is that um, <clears throat> because we had a baby, I have an excuse to be at home and just not have any responsibilities other than taking care of my wife and taking care of the baby. And that's been really freeing for me because I found that, you know, when when you're living life, sometimes you don't have time to sit down and process like, ah, they said that and that really hurt. Or, oh, I've been carrying this. So over the last month, I've just been... Like, oh, yeah, that hurt. Like, that really hurt. Or, oh, yeah, I've been holding on to this. I knew I was holding on to it, but I hadn't had a chance to, like, consciously talk to Jesus about it. And um, as I've been talking to Jesus about things, just, like, my heart's getting more clear, getting more free, like, at the grocery store. I was like, oh, I just really feel confused. And then I just felt confusion leave. <laughs> and then... Uh, the other night I was just talking to the Lord about some things that have been going on and I just uh, just felt, again, another just little thing leave. And so I'm not fully out on the other end yet, but the Lord has definitely been delivering me and healing my heart. And I, I meant to say this at the beginning, but I'll say it now. Um, Revelation 19.10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so as we're up here testifying, we're not just testifying, we're prophesying. And that this is, this, what happened to me and for me can happen for you. What happened for Karen can happen for you. What happened with Walt can happen for you. What happened with Joe and Janice can happen for you. So as you're, as you're listening, just go, if something someone says jumps out, just grab it and say, Lord, I need that. Lord, I want that. So I'm meeting Jesus as shepherd and deliverer. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. So good. Um, okay, you guys, 
always a treat. I talked to um, I talked to her and I said and her husband. I said, "Would you be up for sharing?" And her husband was like, uh, "No, thank you. I'll pass on this time." <laughs> but uh, Cindy is just a delight and has just a rich history here at Vineyard Cleveland and a, a bright future ahead of us. Cindy will be leading. Um, alongside of me, the Brazil trip uh, in September or October, and we're just so delighted at what God is doing and how he's weaving that team together and, um, uh, yeah, weaving our hearts together and weaving a purpose and a vision into that trip. And, and so, yeah, Cindy is just a, I mean, what else can I say about Cindy that she's a, just a delight? She's a delight to be around. Would you guys welcome Cindy Croft to the stage? Okay. <clears throat> Where's the Kleenexes? <laughs> All right. Well, I told Evan, I'm like, I'm in. And then uh, I've, I, I'm like, what am I going to talk about? I've been, sick. I've been sick for three months. How am I going to talk about God's goodness and the things he's doing in my life? I haven't like been to church forever. But anyway, um, who else believes in forgiveness light? <laughs> I... I'm really good at forgiveness light, and I really feel like when I was praying about what I wanted God to, what um, I wanted him, what he wanted me to talk about, Freudian slip there, um, the thing that he's been doing, like, in the last year of my life is something he's been working on forever. Um, backstory, when I was a very small child, here we go. No, um, I was born in Johnson City, Tennessee, and um, when we were three months old, when I was three months old, we moved, and for the last 58 years, I'm like, you know, I would love to go there. I would love to check out this place where I was born, and um, so I had the opportunity to go down there. We went to a vineyard conference like about an hour from there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to check this place out. So I drove down by myself, and I checked it out. And what I didn't realize is that my dad and I, um, did. we broke off communication. Our, our relationship was really, really bad. And um, I broke off communication with him probably 25 years ago. And... Uh, I was like going down there and I was a little bit nervous, but I was really excited. Well, the first thing I see when I go into Johnson City is East Tennessee State University, which I totally wasn't prepared for. That's where my dad went to school. And I didn't know that um, where he went to school was the same city where I was born. <laughs> and uh, so I'm like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, I'm going to a conference. I want to go and be filled with Jesus. I don't want to do this. You know, I got other plans. And uh, so I just felt like he just kept saying, just drive around. Just take a look. Just take it all in. This is part of your history. This is part of your history. Um, <clears throat> so I drove around for hours. And... Um, I realized, you know, I heard the stories. My parents were really young when they got married. When they got married, they moved directly down there so that my dad could go to school. My dad was really a rough guy. He was mean, and he was, I mean, he was mean. He would be like, whoa, Jason, I don't like, look at your hair, look at your glasses. I mean, he was mean. And um, I could never get over the meanness, even as an adult. And um, I realized when I was down there, I looked at the housing where, where my parents lived when I was born. I looked at the school where my dad went to, and I remembered the stories of how he got there and the, the fight that he had in his life to get there, to be successful. 
and this man that I had hated my whole life. God said, can you forgive him? This is the other side of what that looked like. And so before the conference ever started, I was already tired. <laughs> and so forgiveness, like, you know, when I, got, when I became a Christian, I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I forgive him. Yeah, okay, you're forgiven. So that's one side of the forgiveness. The other side is um, I went to Asbury last, it's been about a year now. I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of cynical and Eeyore-ish. Those of you who know me know I'm like, yeah, oh, this guy's kind of gray. The, the glass is kind of half empty, you know? And um, I'm like, dang, I'm tired of being cynical. I'm not sure I even believe in the Holy Spirit. I'm going down to Asbury, and I'm just going to sit. So I did. I went by myself, and I sat, and I saw a missionary friend of mine that I had hurt 25 years ago. And I didn't hurt him intentionally, but I was part of a mission trip that uh, somebody asked me, you know, I think there's something going on with this person, and I want you to pray about this thing specifically. Well, I'm a brand new Christian, and I'm like, yeah, I'll pray about it. And they had told me what the thing was, so I knew what I was supposed to be praying for. And whether or not I heard from God, I don't know. I doubt that I did. But I went back and I said, yep, I think this is the thing. I think that's it. And there was a, a huge falling out in the mission. There was a huge falling out on the team. There was a, it was big and it was ugly. And I never thought another thing of it. Never thought another thing of it. I was just glad that I had heard from God. So I was at Asbury and I saw this guy down. And I... I'm, and I heard God say to me, you need to ask him for forgiveness. I'm like, why do I need to ask him? I had forgotten all about this. Why do I need to ask him for forgiveness? So I saw him from a distance, and I waved, and we hugged, and we talked, and I'm like, I need to talk to you. Seriously, I need to talk to you. And we went aside into a room, and I explained to him, and I said, I need to ask your forgiveness. And I was terrified, because I really admire this person. Amazing man. I was terrified he wasn't going to forgive me. But I knew that's what God was calling me to do. So I, I said, you know, will you forgive me? And he just laughed. He goes, Cindy, we're all such a mess. <laughs> he goes, yes, I forgive you. He goes, God actually did something for me in that. And that he was able to take that thing and forgive me for such a huge offense that I didn't even know that I really did. So I guess if God's been working on me with, with anything, I mean, he's been working on me a lot, trust me. But to actually have to put my thumb on one thing, I think it would be forgiveness. And um, not to do forgiveness light, because that isn't what Jesus calls us to do. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. You know, the power of God to, um, to set our own hearts free by this, this, this wonderful thing that he created called forgiveness sets our own hearts free. Um, so good. Thank you, Cindy. Uh, our, our last story this morning comes from a guy who's just recently come into my life and to all of our lives. It's just been a blessing to me and hearing what God has been doing in, in his journey uh, recently. I, I reached out to him. I said, hey, would you mind sharing? And he said, yeah, I'd, I'd love to share it. It's, it's just been an encouragement for me to hear uh, the enthusiasm and, and excitement um, that Jesus uh, inspires in our hearts as we, as we get to know him uh, for the first time, you know. And so I have no doubt that you'll be encouraged by the, the last story of this morning. Would you guys welcome Zach Cousins to the stage? Come on, Zach Attack. Yeah, buddy. All right. 
Hey, everybody. <laughs> um, so, as I've been said, I'm actually a very new Christian. I accepted Christ about 10 months ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think I just, I just wanted to share just a bit of how I came to Christ, just to show, like, the youth and what a strong need there is for Jesus in my generation. Um, so I didn't grow up in really a Christian household. I kind of was growing up Catholic, but we were Christers. That's the term I use. We go on Christmas, we go on Easter, and then maybe pray at the dinner table every once in a while. Um, but when I was 12, my dad passed away, and I didn't, like, we, we stopped kind of doing anything church-related. Um, my grandparents were still very faithful, in a sense, but... Um, in those years, I kind of didn't have, like, the, the authoritative voice in my life at home, so I, was, I felt like I kind of had to figure everything out just by trying and failing. Um, but in high school, I was, I don't know, I, I was in so many different groups and didn't have, like, a home. I didn't have that one friend group that I thought was, was pushing me in the right direction or... I didn't feel like I was growing at all, and after high school, I stuck with one friend group who we were smoking weed, taking shrooms, doing a bunch of stuff that I, I knew wasn't right, but there was just this desire to be passionate for something, and I saw that passion in some, other, some of my other friends towards those things, and I was just, I, that's the only thing I saw, so I just ran after it. Um, yeah. I, I knew in my heart it wasn't right, so I ended up leaving that friend group, kind of, and moving towards another friend, and even with us, we didn't move forward, it felt like I was stuck in this rut, I tried school, it wasn't going well for me, um, so it was like I was looking for a home in so many different places, and I just couldn't find it, I couldn't find the purpose and the meaning and the passion that I saw in so many people and desired so deeply, um, and while I was at school, actually, it's a, kind of a silly story. I was dancing with my headphones on, and this, this girl came up to me and invited me to her volleyball group for church. And recently, uh, maybe like a few months before that, I was asked a question of what do I believe in spiritually? It was like the first time I, I got pro poked with that in a really long time. And uh, I... I had, my response was, I think I believe in the Christian God, but I don't exactly even know what that means. <laughs> um, I heard who Jesus was, but he was just a name, and God was just a title. I didn't really understand what any of that was. I knew there was something bigger and beyond me, but I, I didn't know what it was. So I, I was invited to this volleyball group, and I... I don't know how other than, like, now I say it's the Holy Spirit because there's no way I would have known this on my own, but God was reaching his hand out to me, and I knew it in that moment of I need to go to this volleyball group and just see because I'm in so many of these different things, but I don't have the home I'm searching for. So I went to that volleyball group and was met with these people who had that hope and that passion and that purpose that I, that I saw. I saw it in their eyes. And um, I was just so drawn to it so quickly because it was like, I want that. Whatever that is, I want it. Um, so within probably two, two months of me going, yeah, it was in February, I went to that volleyball tournament or game. And two months later, I went on a retreat, was asking questions of like, well, how do I know Jesus is the right move? What about Buddhism? What about Hinduism? What about all that? Um, and I came to the conclusion, like, I can't figure it all out. If I'm going to go after one of them, i got to do it fully. So I'll take the one that's in front of me. I ended up crowd surfing at a church that weekend <laughs> uh, for accepting Christ. Um, it, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> but um, I, when I accepted Christ, it wasn't like this. It's funny. I, everybody talks about like that one moment where they felt him, they moved. But I was... I was just so eager to figure it out. I was like, I, if I'm going to figure it out, if I want to truly see what he's all about, I might as well just accept him now. <laughs> um, so I did. 
And that was first, I had a, had a moment where I was sitting in the grass and just contemplating about what just happened. <laughs> um, and I, I felt something shift in me where I, I stepped out of myself, I stopped searching for those different things and was like, I, I, think, I've, I think I've found it. Um, and that, that weekend was, we, we talked about what it looks like to, to keep pursuing Christ. And I, uh, I made a promise to myself, to God and to other people, that I was going to make this the only thing I've ever really pursued. Um, <laughs> and since then, oh my goodness, guys, <laughs> Jesus is the best thing that happened to me by far. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, um, oh my goodness, yeah, I, everything that I was looking for, I understood was fleeting, was gonna, was a means to an end, there's, there's nothing that, that stays besides Jesus and other people, it's always about love about other people, um, and even, even after I accepted Christ, sorry, this might be a little longer, (laughs) um, but, I was going to, to my church, and I was reading my Bible. We're talking about, I'm reading Acts, and, like, some crazy stuff is happening. <laughs> and I, my church isn't, nobody wants to talk about it, or I'll ask questions, and people are like, oh, I don't know about that one. We're, we're like, yeah, sure. So I'm like, what do you mean? I wanted to go do this stuff. This is exactly what if Jesus says if Jesus is doing, and he says people will do greater things than me. I'm like, I want to be that person. Um, so I actually, that's about the time I met Emma. Uh, Emma and I are dating. Hello. Um, <laughs> it's been about three months. Woo. Um, but I, I started coming around Vineyard, and we're welcoming the Holy Spirit in a way that I have never experienced him before. We're worshiping, and I'm, this is different. This is awesome. <laughs> this is cool. Um, and I, I also went to, uh, started listening to a Bridgetown podcast. It's a, it's a podcast out in Oregon for a church. And they were talking about this Holy Spirit conference. And the power of the Holy Spirit is exactly what I'm being drawn to. So this weekend, we end up, last weekend, yeah, last weekend we ended up flying out to Portland for this Holy Spirit conference. And I've been praying about wanting to see God move in that way in my life. And oh, he met me. He absolutely met me. There was a there was a guy from Honolulu, Jordan Sang was his name, and he just he taught. He just shared so many testimonies about people being healed by the Holy Spirit. And uh, he uh, there was a like workshop. And he said, get up and go pray for people. Just go heal people in Jesus' name. I'd just go do it. I said, okay. <laughs> give me up. Give me a go. <laughs> uh, so we ended up that weekend. There was a lady. Her name was Dr. D. She had an L7 vertebrae that was cracked in her spine, was healed in the name of Jesus. We had a guy whose shoulder was like could, couldn't move without pain, healed in the name of Jesus. The guy's knee. There was a guy deaf in his right ear who healed in the name of Jesus. It was Awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. Um, and uh, he said the biggest, Evan has told me this too, is faith is spelled uh, risk is what you tell me. And then uh, Jordan Sang said try. Same, same sort of concept. So this weekend I, I actually got to tangibly see him work through me, which is where I'll end. Um, my mom's boyfriend who's awesome, love him, uh, has been, like, there's been pain in his back all the way down his leg. He can, like, barely walk and, and sit comfortably. <laughs> my mom pulls out, like, the zapper thing to go fix it or make him feel better. And I walk up to him, and I'm like, Dave, I got these. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> um, so, like, everybody's, everybody's like, okay, whatever. Because um, okay, none of my family is are followers of Christ, um, but <laughs> I I do it. I pray for him, and he's like, "What?" <laughs> so I'm like, "No way! You're actually kidding!" Because he's he's a he's a prankster. He likes to make jokes. 
And he's like, actually, no way. It it's actually feels so much better. And all I did was, like, be healed in the name of Jesus. It was awesome. So I, I really... <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, this is the wrong thing. Um, yeah, I just, I'm so drawn to the power of the Holy Spirit and feel so much more empowered. I'm, I'm so stoked to just surrender everything and, and be, be Jesus to, to whoever I can be and, and show them, lead the way. Um, yeah, God has moved crazy in my life, and it all started from me seeing the emptiness and desiring something greater. So anybody in my generation, just keep, keep showing them because we're all looking for it. We're all looking for it. Thank you. Thanks, man. So good. Zach, just such a breath of fresh air. Holy Spirit moving through him. I think uh, I recognize a little bit of myself in, in Zach when I first came to the Lord, and his story is reminiscent of mine, and also a guy by the name of John Wimber, who, like, we, we walked into the church that, um, you know, after we accepted Christ, and we're like, well, when are we going to get to do this stuff? And they're like, well, we don't do that here. And, um, and Zach and I, and Wimber too, were like, I didn't give up drugs for this. Like, it's got to like, it's got to be better than that, you know? If you're not going to do this stuff, I mean, I might as well go back to that because that was pretty fun, you know? JK, I was ruining my life. Um, but, but for real, it's got to be better. It's got to be better than that. And so we want to we see the work of the Holy Spirit here at Vineyard and see the increasing work of the Holy Spirit. Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to go into ministry time. If you guys wanted to join me in standing.